Chase, Jaron, and the GM live today out at Boomba's in East Nashville, 1003 Russell Street. We're out here today, Smashville Live uh, tonight, 7 to 8. Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Ryan Johansson will be here at 7. Colton Sissons will be here at 7. So come on out. Uh, a limited number of autographs and pictures will be available, so be sure to get here early. You can register to win a pair of tickets to your upcoming uh, Preds home game pretty for Smashville good, Live good tonight. pair there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is an all-star cast right there. Johansson and Sisson's going to be here tonight. Let's start on the Predators. We've got a lot of Titans to get to, and it is Wednesday, which means the Ryan Tannehill approval poll is up on Twitter, at Jared Stillman, where you can vote. And I am stunned by the result of the Tannehill poll, but we will get to that. But we're live out here at Boombaz, and I want to start off the Preds game last night. Nick Benito gets a hat trick. Preds win 3 nothing. I mean, maybe the easiest 3 nothing win I can remember in a long, long time. And that speaks volumes to what I think is how terrible the Chicago Blackhawks have become. I was sitting there yesterday, Floyd, at the game, watching the Blackhawks play, and I literally was like, I can't watch this game anymore. They suck so bad that I cannot watch this game anymore. Yeah, I kept thinking as I was watching, I kept thinking, okay, I'm not sure if the Preds are that good or if they're that bad, you know. And and I kept thinking, well, the truth must be someplace in between. But, uh, I, I mean, I got, for the first time in a long time, I got to a point that I felt sorry for their goalie. He was playing his heart out. I mean, he had, what do you have? He had a save percent of like 950 and gave up three goals because mm-hmm. he had 300 shots against him. You know, I mean, I could not believe what he was doing. So, I mean, now I thought he was really, really impressive. But the rest of that team, I mean, I don't, not only are they not very good, but I didn't think. I didn't think they played with much passion or much enthusiasm. I mean, it was they were almost like a little bit of slow motion, you know. So, uh, still a good win. You're going to take it, Chicago, and uh, another shutout for Pekka, which was which was great. I mean, Pekka's earned a lot of shutouts in his career. This yeah. one, <laughs> I mean, twenty I ain't shots. Taking nothing away from Pekka because yeah. he's lost a lot of games he hasn't deserved to lose. But, I mean, he did. So this was my thing. I I tweeted this out last night. I I almost snapped at the game watching it. I mean, when we first started here, both you and I, the Predators were locked in a playoff series against the Blackhawks. They would lose in six games. And that series, it felt like, okay, like get ready because these are the Chicago Blackhawks. And these are the, you know, Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame coach, unbeatable in Chicago, got to win at home in Nashville because if you don't, you're not going to Chicago and winning. You, you had a 3 nothing lead in game one, and you ended up blowing that, and you lost. And it was like, my God, they can never get over the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks go on to win the Cup that year. We're looking at it like, oh, God. Every time they come to Bridgestone Arena, half, well, it wasn't half the fans at that point, but a lot of the fans are Blackhawk fans, and it's how you keep the Blackhawk fans out. You get... I don't think that the Predators went to any special lengths to keep Blackhawk fans out yesterday. There weren't a whole lot there. You want to know why? Because their team is horrible. And then the next year, the Blackhawks lose in the first round. The next year, they're the, they, I don't think they were the President's Trophy winners in 17, but they were the number one seed in the, Eastern, in the Western Conference. And we thought, well, I thought, no shot the Predators could beat that team. And that Blackhawks team, we must have talked about every day for about three months leading up into that that series where the Predators swept them. And ever since that series, 
they've been a train wreck. That is a, and I'm watching the game last night, and I, I got frustrated at the game last night. I'm like, I, I'm not watching this. That team, that Chicago Blackhawk team is a disgrace for how bad they are, considering how good they used to be. And how good the quality of some of their players are. I mean, they still have Taves and Kane, and I know Keith is old, but they still have those guys. And I'm trying to figure out how that team got so bad over time compared to what they used to be I, a couple of years ago. They cap, are cap, rotten. Cap will do it to you now. But like Pittsburgh, cap for example, kill you. Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin and that crew, when the cap started to hurt them, they lost a little bit. But they weren't the worst team in the league year in and year out consistently. I mean, the Blackhawks have been one of the worst teams in the league for the last three years. This isn't a one-season thing. They are horrible. Yeah, they and and they've still got some good players, but you you certainly couldn't tell it last night. I wonder if those guys are checking out. I don't know. Like if Taves and Kane are like, you know what, screw this. I mean, I don't even know the guys on the team anymore outside of those guys. There would be, I mean, we used to talk about the Blackhawks all the time, whether it was Artemi Panarin or Brandon Saad or, or Patrick Sharp or, you know, uh, Brent Seabrook or Nicholas Yalmerson. Or we used to talk about those guys, and those guys used to matter. And, the, and there's guys out there on the ice whose names I can't even pronounce, and I don't even need to learn how to pronounce because they're so bad. They, how about Benino and his line, though? I mean, hello. I mean, uh, back to, back to your point. Jeez. I mean, I don't take any I don't take any positive feeling of the Predators last night outside of the fact that they won the game solely because of how wretched Chicago was. Yeah, but I mean, they had, in spite of that, I mean, that line played great. I mean, not only scoring but assists. I mean, they did the uh, the whole Magilla. Well, when the one so, guy scores all the time, of course everybody on that line's going to get an assist. Yeah, everybody on the ice gets an assist. <laughs> That's not how that works. But what Close. I meant by that is you talk about how good the line is. They're not just scoring. They're getting assists. Well, anytime one guy on the line scores, at least one other person on that line probably got the assist. The power play was over five, so that was a little concerning. But I, I, I don't take any positive feeling outside of the game last night. I felt like the Predators beat a minor league team last night. That Chicago team was rotten. And poor Robin Leonard. Because he, last year, was in the playoffs, and he swept Pittsburgh, and now he's got to play on this mess of a team. And he played so well, so hard. I mean, he was he was doing everything. He looked like a uh, some kind of yoga instructor. All the different poses he was having them take to to block shots and to keep them from scoring. I mean, that... that you know, when you look at the rest of the team, what happened? I mean, the final score of that game should have been about 12 to nothing. You know, but instead he kept it down. So I thought he was I thought he was spectacular. So somebody told me today, they said, you know what? The Blackhawks must have gone out on Broadway last night, the night before the game. Because there's no way that that team could be that bad. But Floyd, we've seen two years of the Chicago Blackhawks, two full seasons of the Chicago Blackhawks being miserable. This year they're down towards the bottom. We've now seen them play the Predators in a game. Are we ready to write the Blackhawks off and just say, you know what? The rivalry's dead. Their window is dead. Their team is dead. Their obnoxious fan base is dead. Are we ready to look at the Chicago Blackhawks and say, not only are they dead, we don't need to worry about them ever, and that the Predators officially broke them? 
Who who won the cup last year? St. Louis. <laughs> and at Christmas they were what? At New Year's they were the worst team in the league. Okay. So no, we're not. See, but, again, we've talked about that. We, that is an isolated It doesn't incident. happen, I know, and and I would agree a thousand times. But what it does prove is even if you don't go and win the cup, you can dramatically improve. I mean, this is, in the NFL, we say we have a long season, and we do. But, I mean, hockey season is forever. And so they'll they'll have plenty of time. Now, they, you know, they got a ton of work to get done. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But when you're not good for two straight years and then you start the third year being that wretched, I mean they've gotten worse over the last couple of years. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember I don't remember the, seeing them last year and thinking, man, this team is really bad. I mean, I think I think yesterday you looked at that team and you went, eh. like I said, I couldn't tell. I kept hoping the Preds were playing that well. You know, they were they had them handcuffed. They were taking them to the shed, and and that's what happened. But, I mean, the truth is that, you know, it was, it was pretty much a combination of the, in Chicago. That was not, not the Chicago we're used to seeing, that's for sure. You know I when mean, people say, bad. I'm not taking anything away from him, but? They always say, so like, I'm not taking anything away from him, but he's fat, ugly, and all this. I can't say that about the Predators' win yesterday. I mean, I am taking away from the Predators' win yesterday. Because I think Chicago is so horrid. I could not believe what I was watching last night. And the other thing, too, is there were, like, no Blackhawk fans in that building. I mean, you can see them because the red jerseys pop out, you know, with the yellow or whatever. But it would be, like, one section over, one, two, one. You know, it wasn't. There was. It did not feel like the Blackhawks. So what does that tell you? Uh, only thing that matters when you're is sports, winning games, unless you're the Cleveland Browns. They're there. If you're losing, forget it. Unless you're the Cleveland Browns, or the Buffalo Bills, or the Kansas City Royals, or some of these teams that for some reason just have unbelievably passionate and loyal fan bases. Maybe the Tennessee Volunteers count in the into this mix because they <laughs> they sure have some last fans week. now and they they've been had, bad for they ten had years. Them last week, unless you're one of those teams. I mean, you start to stink, and those fans go away. So let's start off on the Preds game last night. Your thoughts, 615-737-1025. Nick Benino gets a hat trick, 615-737-1025. But I personally can just not enjoy the Predators' win last night simply because of how bad the Blackhawks are. Ben- Absolutely bad. Benino got the hat trick, and uh, was it Smith that got all the assists? Uh, Grimaldi, I think, had Grimaldi. all three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Grimaldi had three. So that's pretty good night's work for those guys. Good. Go ahead, give Rocco nine years, too. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. Your thoughts on last night's bread game. Can we take anything out of this? Like, is there any anything that really matters from last night's game other than Chicago is awful? Anything good about the Predators, we'll discuss. Jared and the GM live at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Again, come on out, Smashville Live tonight, 7 o'clock, uh, and Preds Insiders is at 6. Jared and the GM at CSPN, 1025, the game. Grimaldi out by the blue line on the left point for Yossi. Wandering that half wall, turning is Smith, gives it back to Grimaldi. That shot stopped, and the rebound is scored! Nick Benino! It's 1-0 Nashville! Sent back there for Craig Smith, shaking off to Hahn, trying to center it. And Strom came over, 
to add in the defensive effort. Right point. Fabro a shot stopped in front, and the rebound is shoveled in. Second effort there. Predators extend their lead to 2-0. Smith at the blue line. Irwin, a one-timer. That goes wide. Rebound out for Hamus. Got it around Nylander. Held left side. Quick shot there. That goes off the middle. <laughs> and the rebound and the score. Yep, it's time for hats, folks. Why do you think tonight's performance was so thorough? So I don't know. Roman Yossi night, maybe. Not sure. <laughs> It was good, though. I mean, it was. I thought it was. It was a really strong game. One of the strongest I've seen from a from a team. That was Peter Laviolette talking about how well they played. And by the way, you could tell Peter kind of stopped himself there when he was like Roman Yossi night, and then he goes, "Maybe I shouldn't say everybody else wants to get a contract like that or something like that." You could see Peter stopped himself short of talking about that, but said one of the best nights he's seen from the Predators. I, I don't know how. To, I, I'm not going to say he's wrong. <laughs> because that's good. I mean, they didn't do they didn't do anything wrong last night. It's like Pekka was Pekka outstanding last night. He stopped twenty shots. In fact, the Predators got nineteen shots on net in the first period. Chicago got twenty shots for the game. The Predators got nineteen in the first period. That's how bad it was last night. So I, I'm this would be like if the Titans played Vanderbilt. And the Titans were to win 41-7, to would we really say great game Titans? Or would we be like, you know what, Vanderbilt, you know, not good enough to compete with the Titans. The problem is, is Vanderbilt doesn't have Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane on it. And that's what I can't get over, is how bad this Blackhawk team is with those guys. So Scott Powers, who I guess covers the Blackhawks for the Athletic, writes, writes this column. How bad were the Blackhawks in Nashville? Let's count the ways. There have been more lopsided scores in the Blackhawks last season, like the 7-0 loss to the Florida Panthers in 2017. There have been more dominant periods against them. The Tampa Bay Lightning's 33-shot period last season comes to mind. 33 shots in a Jeez. But when it comes to the total package from the opening to final minute, the Blackhawks probably haven't had as bad a game in the last five years as they did in their 3-0 loss to the Nashville Predators on Tuesday. There you go. So that's the Chicago guy saying that they were so bad. They were so bad that this is the worst game. And they've been horrible for two years. This is the worst game they've played in five years. Which I think, well, what he's saying is he's saying, you know, the team isn't as bad as it looked last night. But that game was the worst game we've had in five years. So, truth is, you know, there's some place in between there. He writes the numbers and he goes through like the analytics and all this kind of stuff. The numbers dictated what, what everyone saw. I can recall all three legit scoring chances from the Blackhawks. There was Taves hitting the post. David Camp's shorthanded rebound attempt and Dylan Strom's attempt late in the game. Midway through the third period, Predators color analyst Chris Mason said, quote, as good as the Predators are have been for the last however many years, I just don't remember seeing a game where they absolutely dismantled another team like they are tonight. So, again, do we take, do we take pride out of the Predators' performance? And, and Peter said one of the best games he has seen you know, in a while or whatever he said. And do we look at it and say, way to go, Preds. Great game, Preds. The Preds are kicking butt because to go to Tampa and win without DeShane and Forsberg and then have this kind of dominant performance against anybody in the NHL must be reason to feel good about your team. Or do we look at it like, let's just, you know, 
take a look at the Blackhawks for a second and say, all right, you played hard, you played smart, you beat their butts, but move on because that team's so bad it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I all, when I see games like this that are that, that lopsided, I very seldom think it's that one team is that much better. You know, it's it's usually a combination of them playing really, really good, the team that's not very good playing worse than they are. And you've heard me say a hundred times, I mean, the truth is someplace in between there. Now, I don't know where, but uh, but someplace in between. So I wouldn't, you know, congratulate. I mean, the Preds ought to be proud. They went out and did what they're supposed to do. You know, the, the, if there's anything that is um, is – a, a, a giant positive you can take from this in my mind is we've seen the Preds in the last couple of years play up to the competition or down to the competition. Mm-hmm. And they did not play down to this competition, even though they weren't playing, you know, as well as they wanted to. Preds went ahead and played their game. So I think that's a giant plus you could take from it. So this takes me to my final thing about the Blackhawks. I think they got to blow it up there. Like, I think they tried to do the, okay, we're going to sell out for the Cups. And they got the Cups. To their credit, they got the Stanley Cups. And then they got bad. And I remember we hosted a show right before the draft uh, in 2017 after the Cup Final. And the Blackhawks had gotten swept by the Predators. They fired assistant coaches. They fired the minor league coach. They said Q was going to be on the hot seat, which then later Q got fired. So, obviously, he was on the hot seat. And they made a bunch of trades right before the draft. And I remember thinking the Predators broke them. I mean, they were so distraught by the loss of the Predators that they, they're changing everything around. And out went Panarin. They brought in, they brought Brandon Saad back, and they brought Patrick Sharp back, and they sent out Nicholas, Nicholas Yalmerson. And they, they, Tara Vinen, kind of they sent out Tara Vinen too. They sent out Tara Vinen. I mean, they just kind of blew up the roster that day outside of Taze and Kane. And then it feels like last year and the year after that, or last year for the most part, it was, okay, Let's take our lumps, but let's build up another team now with younger players like Debrinket, et cetera, to go with Taves and Kane so that we get a second window with this group. And I'm convinced after watching last night, I think the Chicago Blackhawks should just blow it all up. They should go to Taves and Kane and be like, we're so bad, we need you to waive your no-movement clauses. <laughs> we'll send you to places you want to go. But, I mean, just because, I mean, even though Taves isn't very good right now, he'll still get you everything you want because he's Jonathan Taves and Kane will get you everything you want and more because he's Patrick Kane I think I think you have to I think if you're the Blackhawks you have got to the Predators broke them in the playoffs and now it's officially over and I think they've got to sell off the two guys who everybody looks at and says hey no matter what you think about the Blackhawks remember that they've got Taves and Kane I think it's time for them to ship those guys out yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I don't, you know, I don't know what. I, I think probably in their mind they thought they did that last year. When they shipped everybody else yeah. out. Yeah, they, they said, well, you know what, we we gutted all but the the true star players we have and tried to rebuild it with his young guys. So in their minds, they may be in the middle of the rebuild. I, I don't know that. But, you know, after you just gutted it last year, you're not going to turn around and gut it worse than it is. Because that's probably not going to help either, you know. I mean, it's it looks to me like it's a you got to you know bite your tongue until these guys can mature for you for a minute. 
Well, it's not even that they have all young guys. The problem is they have too many old guys. Yeah, the, the Keith and Seabrook thing. ones are killing them, too. Both of those that, deals. The, and Seabrook didn't even play yesterday. He's a healthy, right? healthy, healthy scratch. Yeah. It's just so, like nobody will know. take him because of the money. Yeah. Well, so. and he's got a no-movement clause. Even that's, he, I th- think I, that's where, he had some type of quote where he said, you know, I feel like I can help somebody. You know? Yeah. But and, you, I'm sorry. At $6.8 million, you ain't helping me out. I mean, $6.8 million, that's double Matias Ekholm, right? And there. all of those guys are getting, I mean, T- Taves and Kane are what, 31, 32? No, but I mean, uh, age-wise? Age? Yeah, I think I think Kane's like I mean, late 20s, Taves maybe 30. I thought they were both in their 30s. But anyway, they're not, you know, they're not rookies. And and uh, and I think they're Kane's probably 30. Getting, yeah, 30s. So they're, you know, they're at the point where you're saying, okay, you know, how much longer can you play at that level? And I don't know. Well, isn't that more reason to go to them and say, hey, like if we can move you, do you yeah, want to go? No, because, uh, well, because uh, the Blackhawks aren't going to get good again while they have Taves and Kane on their team. Right. But my point is, are you, you're one of the teams that's going to have to, that's going to trade for them. What's it going to cost you? I mean, it's going to be expensive. Oh, you're making it. You're, and, you are going and, for it if you trade for Yeah, and you're bringing in, a, you know, a 30-plus-year-old guy, and you're saying, okay, if we give him a new contract, and I don't even know what, what the remainder of his contract is, but if you do. 10.5 for forever. You know, then, then you're saying to yourself, hey, this guy's going to be with us for the next seven years. Uh, I don't Can he last seven years? I don't know. I'm just looking like Taves' deal. I think they signed him at the same time, and they were those max deals that kicked in right after, like, that, that last cup. Uh, Taves will be 35 when his deal's Ooh. up in, tw- in 2024. So, I mean, you're taking it on the chin. But if you acquire one of those guys, you got him for three more seasons. So you get him for three more seasons, and, you know, those last two, they may not be very good. But could you imagine, it, like, let's just say the Predators. Now, the Predators don't have the cap space to acquire either guy. So you'd have to send a lot of money over in return. But if it cost you Matias Ekholm, it would probably cost you Matias Ekholm, Ellie Tolvanen in a first, and then you'd have to send money over there to give yourself enough money. So like you'd have to send Kyle Turris too. For Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane? No. Patrick Kane? No. 31 years old. 30-year-old Patrick Kane. It'd be 31. No. Some of these guys I, play until they're older. Maybe. I mean, you're going for I don't, it now, right? I don't know who he is. I mean, I don't. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't know physically who, who he is. Does have a lot of mileage. They've played a lot of games. Yeah, and he's played a ton. I'm I mean, just saying. At a high level, but so, he's played but so a lot. so is Ackholm, and so is, I mean, those guys have played a lot of but games. But if it too. wasn't for Lanner last night, I mean, the Preds probably could have won that game 8-10-0. So they oh, did. Oh, it yeah. They, they just brutal. owned hardcore last night. is the phone number, 615-737-1025. The Ryan Tannehill approval poll is out on Twitter, at Jared Stillman. I am stunned, stunned by the result. And it goes against Floyd's theory. We'll get to that coming up next. Jared and the GM live out at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House out here in East National, 1003 Russell Street against Smashville Live tonight. 7-8, to Colton Sissons and Ryan Johansson will be the special Preds guests out here at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Authentically American. That's right. Dave's got his Authentically American on today. I got my Authentically American jacket. Floyd loves Authentically American. That's who we use. 20% off with the promo code Jared. That's my name, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for 20% off at Authentically American. Whether it's just you, maybe you need a new fall wardrobe of, of 
easy to wear, good for work sweater ve- or sweaters or button-down shirts or polos. It's easy. AuthenticallyAmerican.us. Maybe it's for the whole business like we do here. We got our 1025 stuff, our 1029 The Buzz, our 1021 The Ville, our 939 Classic Hits. We got everything perfect. Thanks to our friends at Authentically American. They'll take care of your business just like they take care of our business. It's online, authenticallyamerican.us. Again, use my name, Jared, promo code 20% off, J-A-R-E-D. Authentically American, everything made in the USA, highest quality possible, authentically American. The next iconic brand that is truly American-made. Jared, the GM, CSP at 1025 again. The more time you spend with the guys, the, the better it's going to get. You know, um, We're all working ex- extremely hard to uh, improve that, talking through things. And, and the more looks we see, the more we talk through things, the better that's going to get. Ryan Tannehill says it's only going to get better as it goes along, which I'll take if that's the case. Tannehill 2-0 as a Titan starter. Jared, the GM, live out of Boombox Craft Pizza and Tap House. The Ryan Tannehill approval poll is up for week eight. Now, Tannehill did not have an approval poll before last week. Floyd, what's your theory on the approval poll? For Tannehill? On Twitter. The Twitter approval poll. Your theory about Mariota and Vrabel and everybody is... Well, Tannehill's different. Why is Tannehill different? Because, I mean, half the city doesn't know who Tannehill is. <laughs> I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a little bit different. But for an exist, existing person, personality, uh-huh. I think it's whether you win or lose. It's okay. Everything. So Tannehill last week checked in at 80%, had an 80% approval rating. This week, and the voting is early, but this week... Seventy-four percent. Oh, how can how can the approval rating for Ryan Tannehill be down six percent in a week after they won the game and he threw three touchdown passes? It's early. We'll be fine. He'll be right back there, close to eighty, maybe more. Who knows? I don't think he will be. Yeah, I think what happens when you do these polls is once you get to about the first three hundred, four hundred people, after you get past that, it pretty much stays the same the whole time. You know, only Marcus that one time that we were worried that, that he was, like, pulling at 40 and ended up at, like, 29. That's the only week that it's that it it just changed crazily at night. Other than that, once you get about the first 300 votes in a poll, it doesn't change much after that. And so I think the, I think the fans are, are upset that Tannehill didn't throw for more yards. The Braden Gall, well, they might have won the game, and he might have thrown for three touchdowns, but he didn't throw for 200 yards. So... Let's badmouth Tannehill. That kind of. I would think. I would think a bunch of the people that are listening to us right now didn't know about the poll, and after they hear that, they will vote, and it'll go the other way. Okay, at Jared Stillman on Twitter, vote the poll. I just retweeted it. I disagree with you on that. I mean, okay, we'll see. I, I would agree with the sentiment that I think you have. That is, there's no way the fans can feel worse about Tannehill than they did this time. Well, yeah, but from 80 to 74, I mean, I, I know it's 6% drop, but I thought you were going to say it goes from 80 to 25. No. So, yeah. So, I mean, we're still – 74 is better than Marcus ever was, wasn't it? Uh, I think I believe, he was 71 Marcus, one time or something. I think 74 was week one for Marcus after the Browns. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's okay. He'll be fine. The question here, though, on the Tannehill front is – are we going to get to the point to where the fans – I still think there's a lot of prove it for the fans in Tannehill. Sure. Like, I think that the fans are still – they like what they've seen from Tannehill through two games, and I think everybody thinks, except for Braden Gall, 
everybody thinks that Tannehill right now is playing better than Marcus was playing. And I don't know, as much as I love Marcus, I don't know how you could argue that Tannehill's not playing infinitely better than Mariota was playing. Right. But, and this is where I, I, I get on this, I think there's a lot of fans, like uh, one guy tweets in and says, first real test this week, Titans are playing a team with a winning record. It's not like Tannehill went on the road and beat the Patriots in Foxborough. They, Tannehill beat the Chargers, who just fired Ken Wisenhunt, by the way, which we haven't even touched on that. The Chargers, who are a dumpster fire, although they did win last week against the Bears, and Tampa Bay, who's a complete mess, too. So I, I understand the fans' tepid feelings towards Tannehill, maybe. I guess I'm just a little surprised that it has been so consistent when it goes up, lose, it goes down every week with everything except for this. Yeah, again, I'm, I mean, I think we're okay. I thought I thought you were going to, you know, Marcus was, you know, whatever he was, highest of 74, and then, you know, if we lost, it was down to 20. 70, it went 74 to 52 to 29, yeah, back into the so. 50s, and then after that it just kept going downhill for Marcus. It's not – I don't even know, like, how to feel about Tannehill because if you say something along the lines of – uh, you know, Tannehill didn't play well enough or something like that, you look like an idiot because the guy's thrown for five touchdown passes in two weeks, one interception where the ball was, where his arm was hit as he threw. The guy has thrown touchdowns. He's put the Titans in good spots. He's made good reads. He's made good plays. He's done all the things I feel like you can ask. He's had the, the game-winning drive, a 90-yard drive for a touchdown pass to A.J. Brown. He's done everything you can ask, and yet I think there's still some tepidation because – it's Ryan Tannehill, and we know, as you've said all year, we've Two got games. eight years of yeah, tape on yeah, Ryan Tannehill, so. And, and so fans are a little cautious there. But then if you, you're cautious on Tannehill, everyone looks at you like you're crazy because he's so much better than what you had. But if you say that Tannehill's great, then everybody gets mad at you because they say, well, it's only been two games. Yeah, which is right. I think, you know, the average fan should should say, man, I'm really happy with what happened in two games. But, you know, wake me at 10. Let's see how that turns out. That's, you know, which I I don't I don't begrudge him for that. I think it's probably a probably a good way for them to go. That's the thing that used to bother me was was Bob Valvano when I worked in Louisville, Bob Valvano would host a midday show, and he kept always saying, sometimes you just got to let the cake bake. And I used to get so mad about that. And I'm getting mad about that now, but I, I, I get so mad about that because sometimes you let the cake bake and you turn into the Titans this year. You know, let's see how Marcus plays out. Let's let the cake bake. Let's see. Let's. And they saw, and it may cost you the playoffs because you weren't willing to go away from Marcus sooner. You know, like Well, yeah, but you can't, you're forgetting what that was about. I mean, you're you're changing the direction on him. This this whole year was about trying to figure out if Marcus was the guy. Mm-hmm. That was the purpose of everything. And as soon as they figured out, yay or thumbs up or thumbs down, then they made the change. And so I think, you know, I think they handled that whole thing as well as they possibly could have. Can uh, I just tell you that I, I have not seen one thing from Ryan Tannehill yet that I don't like? And I, I'm not saying – now, that's not saying that when they play a good team this week, if Carolina is, in fact, a good team, that's not to say that I can then find things about Ryan Tannehill that I don't like. But through two games, 
What has Ryan Tannehill done that I don't like? Yeah. What has he done that you don't like? Yeah. No, I mean, not much. You know, he's he's uh, he. What we say at the beginning: come in, be solid, do the right things. You Give know, me twenty-one points. Get us, yeah, get us moving in the right direction. He's certainly done all that. So, so what? Then why are the fans voting him less than they voted him last week? I cannot get over this. It's like it makes me think sometimes that Titans fans may be dumber than regular fans, and I don't think that that's true. <laughs> But how can a fan base vote a guy 80% last week and then this week sit there and say to themselves, ah, you know, uh, I think it goes back to the Braden Gall theory that he didn't throw for enough yards, which was always a bone of contention when the Titans were good in the Steve McNair and Eddie George days was they never got enough respect from the national media and they never were good at fantasy football. You know, they were never outside of one game against the Ravens. I mean, excuse me, outside of one game except, uh, except against the Texans, the Titans quarterbacks never really put up a ton of numbers, even when McNair was en route, en route to winning the MVP award. They just never did it. And outside of Derek Mason, no Titan player has ever really been a good quote-unquote fantasy player. And I think that that is why fans are like, well, you know, I like Daniel, but he only threw for however many yards per attempt it was, which I don't even care about. But I, I think that that's where some Titan fans are, is they get too caught up in the stats. And I will tell you, like Bill Belichick says, stats are for losers. And so I don't care what Tannehill's stats are. I know that when Tannehill got the ball inside the red zone this week, they scored touchdowns. And guess what? The Titans hadn't been doing that for a while. And that, you know, those, that was the difference in the games, the ability to do that. If you would have kicked one field goal along the way, it might have cost you the game. But instead he threw for touchdowns, so. Giant plus. Now, given that, they got the ball on the, what they got, like inside the 10 twice or whatever it was. I don't was know. Was Marcus right. scoring those touchdowns, though? Uh, I, I don't know if he would have or not. No, but, but was he scoring them earlier oh, in the year? No. when you No, he was not. No. And that's the difference. And, again, when you needed the drive, Tannehill gave you the drive on Sunday. He gave you third down throws. He took hits. I mean, this wasn't like the Chargers where Tannehill had a clean pocket the whole day. Well, This was a game where he had Shaq Barrett and JPP all over him every play. I didn't. I didn't. I, I wasn't all gung-ho until that drive in the end of the third, first of the fourth, whenever it was, the 90-yarder, the 90-yard, like, like 13-play drive or whatever it was for a score. That was big time. That was a big time drive, and and after that you kind of went well. Okay, you know that's give me give me a little bit of that. Chris Sanders, former Titan receiver, he will join us next. Is he buying in on Tannehill or is it early? We'll discuss six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Chris Sanders next. Jared in the GM live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House out in East Nashville, Smashville live tonight. Joe Hanson and Sissons will be out here. Listen in today for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC at First Tennessee Park for the Eastern Conference semifinal of the USL playoffs this Saturday. Tickets are available for purchase at NashvilleSC.com. Jared in the GM. It's ESPN one zero two five. The game. Jerry the GM, we are live at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Again, we're at the one in East Nashville tonight, Smashville Live, 1003 Russell Street. Again, Ryan Johansson and Colton Sissons will be here. And the Titans, meanwhile, get ready for Carolina back to practice. And I'm a little disappointed in the fans. Again, the poll on Twitter, at Jared Stillman, 
Do you approve of Ryan Tannehill as the Titans quarterback? Last week, 80%. This week, 74% say yes. 10% say no. And 16% say no opinion. And with that, we bring in former Titan receiver Chris Sanders. Chris, I know it's two games (laughs) against two teams that aren't very good, but... Yeah. What do you like about Ryan yep. Tannehill so far, and what are you unsure of a Ryan Tannehill, and how do you feel about Ryan Tannehill? You know, the one thing I like about Tannehill is, man, he's putting the ball over only the receiver can catch it. I mean, look at the, the pass that he threw to Sharp. I mean, just a perfect placement to where, he, where he's throwing the ball. And then another one to A.J. Brown when he runs a 10-yard out. So I just think that with him placing the ball and, and being accurate, I think that's a plus for the Tennessee Titans. And the real key stat that I'm really, really proud of is he has zero interceptions. And when you have zero interceptions last week, uh, I think that that puts yourself in a position to win some ball games. Chris, you played with good quarterbacks yeah. and bad quarterbacks. Fair to say? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I played with some bad ones. Is, is <laughs> what we're seeing from Tannehill right now? Yeah. Is that good quarterbacking, or is it just average quarterbacking, which is a step up from what Marcus was giving the time? I think it's good quarterback because, you know, this is Tenning Hill's last rodeo. I mean, he knows if, if he doesn't do well, then he's not going to be in this league so much longer. I mean, he's playing, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Look into, listen to his interviews. His interviews sound different from this year to now because he has a chip on his shoulder, and he has something to prove. You know, everybody's been talking about that he's injury-prone, and, you know, he plays two games, and the next game he plays terrible. Right now, I'm seeing a consistent quarterback. I've seen a quarterback that's poised in the pocket. I've seen a quarterback that's controlling the offense. I see a quarterback that's not making mistakes. And if you have that with along, coming along with a great defense, he's just putting himself in, in, in position for the Tennessee Titans to win games. Because look at Mariota. Mariota, you know, was making mistakes and not throwing the ball on time and, uh, you know, holding the ball long and creating sacks. And, you know, look at how it puts a disservice to the defense. And then now you've got Tannehill that's doing the opposite. Now it's putting him in position to win ball games. We're seeing uh, Janu Smith really come alive. Yeah. Uh, is In your mind, is that Tannehill that likes him a little bit more? He's getting more <laughs> playing time because yeah. Delaney's out? Or is he finally getting to the point that he can work himself open? You, you know what? Jerry didn't like it when they drafted. He said, I can't stand Janu and all that. Which, which at the beginning, I kind of said the same thing, but it's all, it's, it's all about opportunities. Watch it, Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about opportunities. I mean, this guy has a great skill set. He's big. He's physical. Basically, he's just a, a faster Delaney Walker. He can catch the ball. I mean, look at the balls that he caught in the last two weeks. I mean, he's making plays. He's catching balls over the shoulders. He's making the catches behind him. Even the one with the touchdown this week, the ball was a little bit behind him. He's just making plays. And when you have a, a tight end making plays like that, your quarterback is going to trust you. And I think that Tanning Hill is trusting. Uh, he's trusting Janu, just like when Mariota trusted uh, Walker. Exactly the same thing. The, um, the pass to Sharp. Last week, Ooh, that was pretty. That was, it doesn't get any better now. I mean, runs Ooh. the route, the pass is perfect. Yeah. Is that is how much of that is is you know practice, practice, practice. Yeah. You get good at it. How much of it was just maybe a little bit of luck? <laughs> you know, a pretty good pass and a little bit of luck. I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, that was, that was good <laughs> because it was great coverage, Floyd. I mean, that's a great question. Yeah. But it it, it starts you know when you're on the field. It starts in in the. Uh, in 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 uh in the, in the film room. So when you're doing that and they're building a camaraderie, so now when they have tight coverage, he was telling Sharp that I trust you. I mean that was trust that was great coverage. And when you have a quarterback that can trust you and throw the ball and knowingly you're knowing knowingly that you're going to be in the right place, I'm telling you something. That was that's just a great job by both of those guys. 
Former Titan receiver Chris Sanders with us, although his Johnu Smith take may make him a defensive back. <laughs> you are the pancake of all pancakes. Hey, I, I, I got to oh give it back God. to you, Chris. Chris Sanders with us. Chris, <laughs> the Titans are 4-4, four and four, and yeah. we know that obviously that puts them on pace for 8-8. Eight and eight. And The schedule is technically harder mm-hmm. in the second half than it was in the first half. But with the addition of Tannehill, mm-hmm. what percentage would you put the Titans' playoff chances at and do you feel good about them making the playoffs? How do we yeah. feel about that? I mean, it's it's still a question mark. Uh, I mean, I know we and I know everybody's been talking about they've been playing some terrible teams like you know like San Diego, and and then you you played the you played the team this week. I mean, the Bucks this week. You know, the the verdict's still out. You're getting ready to play some some hot teams. You got Texas. You got the Colts. I mean, you got you got the uh, the Saints. I mean, you got you got some good teams. So if if they can get past those teams, just like what we talked about, going from good to great. When you start playing these teams, it's going to show you from good to great. So the percentage that I would give the Tennessee Titans to make the playoffs, I would say sixty-two point five five percent. That's a <laughs> I like it. They have the uh, of the some of the teams that that are remaining. We have had a chance to play a couple right, of those, and like right. the indie game. Move, I yeah. mean, you know, it doesn't get much closer than that. Yeah. to lose. You yeah. know, I mean, I I could argue that we lost that game. Yeah, we did. And and I would have to think if he could go in there and Tannehill play, not make any mistakes, that he would play as good as was set, and maybe that's the difference in the game. Yeah, and Floyd, you, you said you said well, it's about the team that makes the least mistakes. I mean, look at what we did when we played them last week. I mean, we shot ourselves in the foot. You know, the, the kicking game was terrible. You know, the defense played okay, but they didn't make a play at the last moment to, to seal the deal. But I'm just telling you, man, it's going to show you what this team is made about. You know, we, I, I talked about a little earlier, you know, we keep talking about good to great, good to great, good to great. Yeah, you're beating some, some mediocre teams, but are you going to beat the great teams like Texas? The Colts, the, uh, the the Chiefs. If you start beating those teams, then now you can put yourself in the top echelon and say we can make the playoffs and go on and, and win some ball games. Chris Sanders with us. How pivotal is this week against Carolina? Next week is Kansas City. Ooh. We don't know if Mahomes mm-hmm. is going to be in or out. And then come the division games. Yeah, another yeah. with Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and then they end the season. Uh, there's a there's a trip to Oakland mixed in there, which I don't think is a gimme by any means. But then it, then you get the Texans, Saints, Texans. How pivotal is this Panther game to make it three in a row? I mean, I think it's huge, and we always say this word is momentum. I mean, you want to go into momentum, uh, have momentum playing these, these these great teams. But if you go and you go and lose to the Panthers, and you know you know Tannehill throws three interceptions, the defense gives up a whole bunch of points and a whole bunch of sacks, then you start being like we talked about being on that ride again. It's fun for a second, and all of a sudden you get sick. So they have to win this game so now that they can when Kansas City comes here they can have momentum they uh, Kansas City comes in we beat them then now we have a break and then we start getting to our divisional games. And when you go into your divisional games with some momentum, you play with confidence, you play with a sense of passion knowing that you you put yourself in position to make the playoffs. Former Titan receiver Chris Sanders of course part of the pregame show yes, Chris sir. How do we feel about the Titans right now? Now that it's, I know it's four and four, okay, but do okay. you feel good? Do you feel bad? Do you? How do you feel about the team? I feel fifty-fifty. I feel, I feel, I feel okay. I mean, it's still, it's still the verdict's still out. I mean, I still want to see how are they going to respond to the great teams, and, and we're we're going to see an okay team this week. They have a great defense, but their offense is a little shaky. But I want to see how they respond when they play against Kansas City. If they can, if when Kansas City comes in and they can beat them. Then now I'll feel better. I'll feel fifty-one percent better. 
<laughs> Chris Sanders, former Titan receiver, as always. Chris, we appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, hey, Chris. You're welcome, guys. Okay. We'll see you, Chris. Former Titan receiver Chris Sanders with us. And, of course, his NBA Big Red have their final game of the season on Friday night. Big game. So they're going to need to pull that one out, I think. I don't know what they're – you know, whatever. But I know they started off poorly, but they've gotten better because of Chris's great coaching. But uh, that's really all I know about it. Speaking of Chris, do not miss the pregame show. That's right. Start your morning off with the kickoff from 7 to 9.30 a.m. So 7 o'clock is when we start our Titans-Panthers coverage, followed by the pregame show featuring former Titan receiver – Chris Sanders, Floyd Reese, Nick Kale in for me, live from the George Jones downtown on 2nd Avenue this Sunday, 9.30 to 11.30, prior to the Titans and the Panthers. The pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your middle Tennessee Kubota dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House right here. That's right. Jared and the GM, we are live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville. Again, Smashville Live is tonight at 7 o'clock with Ryan Johansson and Colton Sissons, so come on out. Jared and the GM coming up next here on the show. We heard Chris talking about Ryan Tannehill right there. Mike Vrabel. We did not ask him. I'm surprised we did not ask Chris about Vrabel and his coaching and his decision-making and all of that. Because I don't love Vrabel's decision-making. Floyd, who never questions the coach, did not question that call, but said that he probably wouldn't have done it. But some people seem to like Vrabel's decision-making. We'll get to that next. And your phone, 615-737-1025. Jared of the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game.